Alright, everyone ready for this? Here we go. Welcome, dear listeners and adventurers. We are the Drunken Dragon Turtle, and today we have been building this dungeon for the past several weeks. And now we have a select group of victims, I'm sorry, volunteers, who are willing to run through it with us and come out the other side. Adventurers, who are you? Why don't we start with the one that has no name, Gunther? The terrified light shies away from it, making its exact height impossible to determine. Twin magenta rings, so dark they appear almost black, sit comfortably in the shadows of a fitted black hood. Thin pointed ears stretch out through holes on either side of the figure's shroud. What little is not concealed under the black traveler's cloak is an arsenal of artfully crafted instruments of death. Each sheath carefully attached to an obsidian leather vest. The relaxed posture of the assassin sits on the edge between apathy and hawkish attention. For my honor, a matter of pride, if it lives, I can make it die. If that's not ominous, everyone should have a good assassin in their back pockets. They're needed. But where you bring death, you might also need someone to restore life. I believe we do have a cleric among us, do we not? A large minotaur with black hair and gray fur, wearing an always gleaming silver armor, engraved with curling script and moon imagery, along with a shimmering cloak that occasionally gives off a silvery light in the dark. Though somewhat odd in mannerisms, he is a champion of those lost in the dark acting as their moonlit guide to grant them protection in the way that only the sacred night can provide. Dobro, be cleansed in the light of the moon. Very well. But we don't just have one assassin, one who works in the dark with us. I believe we have two. Where are you, you little scoundrel? There you are. My name is Mimi. I'm from Icewind Dale. I would like to say that there's someone important in my life, but that would be a lie. There are people I consider my acquaintances. And the person I'm closest to is my older sister. I guess you could sh say she's the most important person in my life. But she left me when I was 12 for an adventure party. My parents died when I was two years old in a fire that was caused by a dragon. That's what my older sister told me at least, but then again, she did leave me. And I haven't seen her in decades. Okay, I know it's not that long, and you may think I'm being dramatic, but you asked the question. Let's put it this way. If somebody ends up being important to me, it would be a surprise. Rogues take notes. That is what we call edge. But we are not alone, for we have a little light in our life. A beautiful little singer who really needs to get up on stage and start making some coin already. Put your hands together for... My name is Toad, named after the cute little creature that rests on mushrooms and croaks to let you know where to find the best flowers for your salads. I use all pronouns since I was born without genitalia. You can call me whatever you'd like. I wear brown pants with lots of pockets to hold my various snacks and rocks. I love snacks and friends. 
I carry my own personal toad named Gregor with me, and he helps determine if berries are poisonous or not. However, he is often wrong. I tend to eat whatever looks edible. Again, I love to snack and play my piccolo. I'm just over four feet tall, but I wear a large hat that resembles a mushroom with red spots, and that makes my height closer to four feet and six inches. I wear brown pants with lots of pockets, and I have short, stubby legs. My mushroom hat is the centerpiece of my outfit, and I am convinced it brings me musical wisdom. I have long black eyelashes and little freckles dotting my face. I twiddle my fingers when I get nervous, and I tend to listen to my heart rather than my head. I am a short little bundle of happy chaos and hunger. I'm always looking for the best snack. As of right now, dried mango is my favorite, sugary and sour. If it looks edible, it probably is. And this is the cast of the Drunken Dragon Turtle. Following your rumored focal point of this strange aberration, you find yourself standing before the burnt out ruins of a church. The foundations of the building jut out of the ground like a skeletal ribcage, with all the charred stones in a disorganized pattern resting atop the soil, the soil that they fell upon. There is no sign of any wood remaining in the church, and there is no light. However, out of the corner of your eye, you see what appears to be a gate. This gate is open with no doors placed upon it, and leads into what appears to be the church cemetery surrounded by a wrought iron fence. A thin layer of smog trails outside of the fence, dissipating the f dissipating the further from the cemetery, dissipating the further from the cemetery that it travels. The gate has a tiled roof, preventing the cold rain from running the ground within the structure. Wooden walls, like a tunnel, grant access into the obscured cemetery, which you aren't able to see beyond the gate, aside from the blurred silhouettes of tombstones staring back at you. On the mantle of the gate, you see the words carved into the wood. Here lies eulogy, loved by Ava always. The dead find sanctuary here. Within the walls of the gate, you see paintings depicting an angelic woman in rags taking the people of eulogy to the heavens, as well as a painting of a metal humanoid in a large shape pushing back the forces of unholy darkness from the people of eulogy. Below these paintings, you see two stone benches with what appear to be human-sized imprints of a body lying on its back, hands crossed over its chest. What do you do, adventurers? Mimi, why are we here? That's not entirely- I'm not entirely sure, but I say we go through the gate. Looks at the Minotaur. Whatever reason we are here, we are here for that reason. And that is enough for me. Where you go, I follow. You know that. Sounds like a fun adventure. Let's go in. Let's go through the gate. What do we have to lose? Our lives. But yes, let's go through the gate. As you step through into the cemetery, you see only wisps of this thick smoke-like fog which permeates the cemetery. A lone path lies before you, barely visible within the dark smog and the rain. I need each of you to make me a survival check. I have a ten. Four. Thirteen. Also 13. That's a lot of smoke and fog. I have blind sense out to 10 feet. Am I able to navigate better in this environment? You're able to not walk into a open grave or into a tombstone. Why and if anything's moving within the fog, you'll see it, but it won't help you find the path. Can I make a perception check? Sure. What are you looking for? Anything. Go for it. I got a 15. 
You can make out some further tombstones, but you lose sight of the path about 20 feet into the fog. Can I cast light? Sure. You cast light. What are you targeting? What is your light source? My toad named Gregor. Gregor lights up brightly. You can all see Gregor as though it was a beacon through the fog. Now we have two bright toads. Well, are we just going to stand here, or do you guys want to keep walking? I'll take the lead. At least I'm less lucky to hit my knee on something. And I start moving forward through as straight a direction along where I thought the path was at one point. As you all step into the fog, it's heavy. And it smells wrong. I need everyone to make a constitution saving throw as you breathe it in. 23. 20. 16. 13. So Mimi and Dobro, you both succeed. As Toad and Gunther, you both take 30 necrotic damage breathing in the smog. You get the feeling every breath you take is going to cause a con save. I need a second con save from Toad and Gunther. Uh, That is much lower, that is a nine. 18. Gunther, you are paralyzed for one minute. Well, Gunther stops moving. To the rest of you, Gunther just dead stops moving, standing up. Toad is hacking up a lung. And we see how much farther it is to go. Your vision dies within the fog. Can I make another perception check? Sure. Okay. 26. 26. Looking through, you see all of the graves are open. You then notice the skeletal hand that reaches out, grabbing Gunther's belt and pulling him into the grave. Gunther, you're no longer paralyzed, and you can breathe normally. Well, that's the best news I've heard all day. What do the rest of you do? Uh, you said that this was necrotic damage that this yes. caused? Yes. Okay. In that case, uh, I will say a prayer uh, to the moon goddess, Selene, mm-hmm. and uh, I will cast Aura of Life on myself. Okay. So that is, uh, if you need a refresher, for 10 minutes, uh, an aura radius for me within uh, for a 30-foot radius. Until it ends, the aura moves with me, centered on myself. Every non-hostile creature in the area has resistance to necrotic damage, and their hit point maximums cannot be reduced. In addition, they regain one hit point when they start the turn in the area. So one, so basically gain one hit, one hit point uh, every six seconds for 10 minutes. So all of you within the aura, uh, if you do fail the con save, you will have resistance to the necrotic damage that you would take. But you're still missing Gunther. Mimi, watch them get pulled into a tomb, or well, into a grave. Guys, Gunther got pulled into a grave. Um, so now everyone knows, what are we gonna do about it? Where is this grave? It was immediately to his left. Gunther, in the grave, the animated skeleton is like patting you on the shoulders and it points up. Gunther, not being accustomed to speaking with the undead, um, and knowing his own mantra, realizes he probably can't kill something that's already dead. And he decides that its efforts to parlay are probably the best avenue at this moment. Um, So he thinks for a moment, then he asks it, are you trying to tell me that we can't breathe up there, but we can breathe in these graves? But if I go back up there, I'm going to 
start choking again. Yes. Is there any way to leave without going back up there? Are you saying I should hold my breath? Thank you, dead man. I appreciate it. I just forgot I can speak to the dead because I'm a phantom. So <laughs> uh, um. it happens. It happens. <laughs> uh, will hold his breath and then attempt to get back out of the hole. Yep, yeah, you pull yourself out of the hole. It's only six feet deep. You would also still be in the aura. Yes, you are now also within the aura. So we don't know that, correct? Like correct. You 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 all see Gunther pull himself pull themselves back out of the grave, but okay. you do know that this fog is causing damage. Gunther repeats the uh, hand motion that the uh, skeleton friend uh, made. He one of Then makes a signal that we should get out of here right now. So, do the rest of you hold your breath? Yes. Yes. Sure. Okay. As you hold your breath and you walk by, you see dozens of skeletons, hundreds of them, each of them reaching out, but upon realizing that you are holding your breath, many of them leaving, like letting you pass. Okay, I want to talk to them. So I tell them to stop. And where should we go next? What do we do? How do we get out of here? So do you jump down into one of the graves with the skeleton? Yes. Okay. Do the rest of you jump into various graves so you can take a minute to breathe? Okay. Yeah. So you jump down into a skeleton's grave, and there are actually three skeletons in this grave. They are small. There are rumors of a lich. How how do we get to him? You find the mausoleum. How do we see through the smoke, through the fog? Is there anything that we can do? I'm half dead too, so could you help a girl out? I mean. If you find the, go the golem of Arthur, it can lead you to the mausoleum. Okay. Is there anything else that I and my party should know? He killed us all as a sacrifice. He wanted to achieve godhood. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna hop out of the grave. All right, you hop out of the grave, signal the rest of your party. Um, so basically we have to keep going down this path if we want to find the lich. Um, something about a sacrifice. All of these people were a sacrifice because he wanted to be some type of god. Um, but we have to keep going if we want to find the lich. Then I say we make all haste. Give me another survival check. This is not against like the poison. This is refinding your path. Everybody? Yes, please. 13. 22. 14. 14. Dobro, you find the path very easily and are able to follow it. What's everybody's passive perceptions? Uh, 15. 13. 24. Yeah, it's it's not quiet. Um, You all can hear the sound of metal footsteps patrolling I, through the cemetery near you. Can I tell how far away it is? 30 feet off your right-hand side. I... Um, it doesn't sound like it's something that's stalking you. It just sounds like something moving. I make a motion to the party um, 
you know, like I gesture that way. Um, I go like 30 feet. Uh, and then I'm going to attempt to hide. Go for it. You have advantage in the smoke. Oh, wow. That was low. So, so far I have a 19, but because of my subclass, I've added D4 to any stealth check I make. So I have a 23. 23. Yep. You are, you are stealthed. And then I'm going to attempt to start stalking toward uh, wherever that thing is. You stalk towards the thing. Everyone else, I assume, follows the path. Those following the path, the path then takes a sharp right hand, like almost hair point turn. And you see before you, and Gunther, you also see a large stone mausoleum. And patrolling its perimeter is a large metal statue that has come to life, wielding a cross like a sword as it patrols around. It looks very similar to the image you saw at the Lich Gate as you entered the cemetery. This is definitely the thing that the dead people were talking about. You do see a opening that the golem is patrolling in front of that will lead you into the mausoleum and down. Uh, we can all see the golem at this point? Mm -hmm. The fog is still present, but it is thinner. I think maybe we should talk to him. What do you think? Or do you think we should just go in? Golems are not usually known for their conversational sense. Though I could be wrong. What do you think, Toad? Toad has a little bit of an idea. Um, what if Toad casts Illusion on himself and then takes some rope and tries to trip the metal man? Oh, you most certainly can try. <laughs> if you'd like to, I won't stop you. Toad casts Invisibility and goes to try to trip the metal man. Metal Man's going to make a deck save. I would make a survival check for me to see how well you tie these knots. 18. Yeah, so the Metal Man trips. As it pushes itself up, you roll initiative. Oh, we're the shots. I'm guessing we're not getting a surprise round on this one? No. Okay. I have a 31 initiative. That's certainly an initiative number. <laughs> Old assassins. I always take alert. It's my favorite feed. Always fun to get the nat 20 on initiative rolls. Um, yeah, that's a, a 21 for me. Okay, then 22. 24. Mm, all right, Gunther, you are up first. The golem is standing and it's pissed. So Gunther, then after all this time traveling with Toad, is still always surprised by uh, how Toad interacts with the world. But never to leave uh, his small companion out on a limb Gunther, Gunther, wow. Uh, he's, he is standing now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Gunther pulls uh, Susanna off his back. Um, a gorgeous, gorgeous elvish uh, longbow. And he knocks four arrows and proceeds to, as best he can, attempt to pincushion this man who my party has decided needs to no longer be. So, um, as an assassin, I have advantage since I'm going before him. Yes, you do. And I have elven accuracy. So the first three attacks, uh, I'm going to sharpshoot all three attacks. Uh, so I have two crits, and then it's only going to be plus seven. Does a 24 hit the golem? Uh, 24 does hit the golem. Okay. 
and I have two crits and a hit. And I'll check my extra attack from being a Gloomstalker in first round of combat. Uh, that's the 25. We'll also hit. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's 90 points of magical piercing damage. Well, that certainly hurts. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to uh, attempt to uh, move. I want to move to somewhere else and then hide probably on a, on a gravestone. Uh, I have a 28 or I'll get the 28 and then I will add my before. So I have a uh, 30 uh, to hide. Yeah, that certainly hurts. Okay, that was Gunther's turn. Mimi, you're up. I'm going to go into sneak attack. Go for it. Okay, 20. A 20 will hit. How far away am I from? From the golem? Yes. Probably 20 feet. Okay, I'm going to try and throw my daggers at a 7. Uh, 19. Yeah, those would both miss. Uh, Toad, it's your turn. Okay, Toad casts Charm Monster. That's a charisma save on his end? Uh, it is a wi wisdom. Wisdom save on my end. So your spell activates. You attempt to charm the statue, the defender of the people of Eulogy. And it very calmly looks at you. Your Jedi magics do not work on me, Toad, as it makes it safe. Toad cries just a little bit and walks away to go hide <laughs> behind a grave and cry in peace with uh, his toad friend. Uh, so he's going to, so toad is going to be breathing, which would mean a con save. <laughs> can, can toad cast breathing bubble? Uh, read the spell off for me. <laughs> um, it's a translucent bubble-like sphere that has a slightly tacky outer surface. And I gain the item's benefits only when wearing it over my head, like a helmet. It contains one hour of breathable air. Yes. What speed is that spell? Oh, I think it's a magic item. Oh, it's just a magic yeah, item. It's, yeah, okay. it's just yeah. the magic item. So you just yeah. activate the magic item. That's your item interact. That works. Cool. Now now you breathe now, now you cry without taking damage. Dobro. Okay. Um let's see. Uh Dobro will uh will move as far as he can uh to get uh to to position himself between him and the uh the golem and the party. And because uh, it looks like it's in a pretty bad way, uh, rather than attempting to hit it, uh, he will cast uh, Toll the Dead on it. Uh, so that is a uh, wisdom save of 19. If wisdom save of 19, he fails. Okay. So that means he takes. So that is a total of 33 necrotic damage. 33 necrotic damage. That is very painful. Anything else? Bonus action, rest of your movement. Uh, the aura of life is still occurring since that is a concentration spell. Uh, actually, uh, actually, good question. How uh, how much time has passed between moving through the fog and the, uh, for the purposes of time? Um, it probably took you about two to three minutes. It, it's been at least 10 minutes since Gunther was pulled into the grave. Oh, okay, okay. So then in fact, aura of life is not on. Okay, so aura of life is off. The golem, in its anger and frustration, as it looks to you, Dobru, you see its eyes flash with this celestial, angelic, white gold. As it turns its head and stares at the 
gravestone that Gunther is hiding behind as it follows up and swings its blade down, trying to take Gunther's head off twice. Um, uh, did it move to do that? Yes, it moved to do that. All right, then I will get an op attack against it, if I was close enough. You do. Okay. That is a 21 to hit. 21 will hit. Roll damage. Okay. Uh, that is... Uh, let's see. That is 12 magical bludgeoning and... Uh, an extra 13 psychic damage. Okay. It is... It does not take the psychic damage. You feel that it does not penetrate through, but it does take the damage from your attack. Matt, I have a 30 stealth. Is he able to see me there or find me? When you attacked him, it activated the hex. It activated the curse of eulogy. So it knows where you are, but you do have half cover against it, and it has disadvantage because it can't actually see you. Awesome. Well, that's two 17s on the that's first exactly my AC, so he's got me. The first roll, yeah. So his first attack will hit 22 slashing damage. Then his second attack is a nat one, so he will miss pretty badly. Uh, but Gunther, as his blade impacts with you, I do need a con save as you gasp for air upon impact. I have a seven. Seven, okay. So you do breathe in some of the smog. Oh, wow, that's a lot of ones. That is 17 uh, necrotic damage. From the smog around you, uh, but that is its turn. Gunther, it is now yours. Okay, how far did it travel to hit me with the sword? Uh, twenty feet. Uh, that's better. That is a twenty-two. Yes, you are not paralyzed. Fantastic. Uh, so I'm going to bonus action disengage to get out of this thing's reach, and I am going to shoot it three times, and I am. Does this thing look? pretty beat up or it's still hanging in there it's very beat up and it, is, it would be below the bloodied condition got it so my low is an 18 is that hit the 18 will miss what about a 24 24 will hit great and i blend two shots on it and then i get my ranger thing uh, is there an ally next to it at the moment at the moment no Okay, then it'll take 18 points of magical piercing damage. It does not like that. And um, I have uh, 30 move, so I will make sure I am 30 feet away from it. All right, you are 30 feet away from it. Remember correctly, that's why we write it down. Mimi, you're up. Okay, I'm going to throw my daggers again. and Go for it. Hit. Okay. Daggers away. A 26 and a 23. Those will both hit. Alrighty, I'm going to roll 96 for one, and then roll 96. Okay, with one dagger, 30 damage. 30 damage from one? Yep. And 38 damage from the other. So Mimi, in the infamous words of many DMs before me, how do you want to do this? Ooh, okay. Well, I still get, I will still get to keep my sneak attack bonage if I go up and just stab him, right? Correct. Okay, so I go up, I slit his throat, and then I stab him in the back. At the top of the head, actually. The Iron Golem, the guardian of eulogy, falls beneath your blades. Wow. Wow. the ground. 
Liam stands open to you. Uther pulls out some arrows from the automaton's uh, destroyed body. Yes, you're able to recover half of the shots you fired. And he says, how come the golems always chase me? Like that storm giant job we did? The golems, they just have it out for me, I swear. And he starts uh, recovering his arms. Cody immediately stops crying and goes to hug Mimi around the legs and say, oh, thank you so much for getting rid of the scary metal man. Ew, affection. Get off me. <laughs> Mimi, I want you to know you're only up by two kills right now. I'm watching you. Is this a competition? So we've had this running telly for three years now. You're still up by two, and I respect that, but I want to catch up. Oh, we were competing about how many things we were eating. Eating or reading? Eating. Eating? I I wasn't aware of this competition. Oh. Because I, I, I was quite sure I was winning. <laughs> I believe you. You are definitely winning that, my friend. Toad glares and says, no, I think I win. And then goes to find some grass and immediately shoves it in his mouth. And munches it while staring directly at the other party members. Oh, bro, is that grass cursed? Um, you know, it, it probably doesn't taste good. At the so, so you guys are out in the cemetery, in the smog, talking. Other than Toad, that's three con saves for each of you. Crap. Because Toad still has their magic item around their head. DC 18. Not even banter, huh? Well, I feel all banter if you had went into the mausoleum. I'd assume we'd done that, but uh, I, I failed all three. I failed one. What was the DC? 18. And I failed two of them. All right. So the first one was 26 damage, Necrotic. 26, much. I, and I am paralyzed as well. Uh, the paralyzed is, a, is the secondary effect. You'll, you'll get another con save against it. Well, I rolled three, and I, I definitely felt this one. Okay, I got the first damage. Uh, second uh, con save comes in with 24 damage for Necrotic. Okay. I'm bloodied. And the last one is 19. Okay. For every single save you failed, I need an additional DC 18 con save to not be paralyzed. Yeah, I definitely failed this one of those. So Gunther is again paralyzed. And I'm I'm very clearly dying. Like, not, uh, not yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm beat up. I am uh, paralyzed for the first one, but I make the second one. Okay. So you are paralyzed for a minute. Gunther is paralyzed for a minute. Mimi? I failed one, and then I got the other two. Okay. So you became paralyzed. So actually, Dobro, you, Dobro, you failed the second one? Or passed the second one? I passed the second. Okay. So Mimi and Dobro, you're no longer paralyzed. Gunther, you can make a check to unparalyze, or people can just drag you into the mausoleum. I'm okay with being dragged, but I would like to roll. Oh, I got an 18. There we go. Okay. Uh, I'll drag people in, and then I will, uh, let's see. Is the inside of the mausoleum look smogless? It is smogless. You are safe within it. Okay. It seems the smog does not enter the beds of the dead. So Gunther um, pulls the bottom of his mask out of his shirt and promptly throws up a good pint of blood. And you can see that he's he's got busted tear ducts from his eyes. They're also dripping profusely. And 
you can see the silhouette of something coming out of his ear as well. Um, he uh, turns to the party and says, I, I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm not going to be able to make it very long. He says, uh, and he, and you see that when he slumps against the wall, wherever, wherever he's bleeding, it's also going through his armor and it's hitting the wall as he slouches down. It leaves a trail on the wall. Uh, he is he is well past bloody. Well, gather gather around all, and uh, uh, Dobro will uh, will say a prayer, and uh, a a totem with the uh, with the symbol of the moon uh, appears, and uh, I will cast a prayer of healing at sixth level. Nice, very nice. What is the effect of the spell? Uh, so up to six creatures of my choice that I can see within range uh, regain hit points equal to uh, because at sixth level uh, uh, 68 uh, plus uh, my modifier in healing uh, for uh, 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 yeah as long as a uh, uh, yeah 68 plus uh, plus my modifier healing okay yeah the spell just lasts ten, or just takes 10 minutes to cast as well Okay, cool. so you guys cast the spell for 10 minutes and then you heal uh, 68 plus wisdom mod? Uh, plus wisdom mod, which for my case is 5, so everybody heals uh, 35 health. I am no longer bloody. Excellent. Does anyone else need a little bit more of a pick-me-up? So, I go there's just like... Uh, uh. Alright, and for you, I will cast... Cure wounds at uh, let's say fourth level. Uh, that'll be an extra seventeen health for you. The Gunther peels himself off uh, the wall and uh, thanks his friend for the assistance and promises to try to breathe less as we move forward. Attempting to lift the spirits, Toad brings out four pieces of dried mango and hands it to each person in the party and lunches himself. Oh, thank, thank you, Toad. Thank you, Toad. I do enjoy a good mango. Anything for my best friend. Luther pushes the mango piece up under his uh, his mask and then tucks it back in. Um, and then he very quietly pulls out his, um, his uh, notepad and makes a new page that says things eaten and just marks off one, looking conspiratorially over at Dobru and Toad, then puts it back in his pocket, starting his own food eaten count. Outside is still the smog of eulogy around you, but the mausoleum does descend deeper underneath the ground. You do see a stairwell that is dimly lit with this fungal growth on the walls slightly illuminating the area i'm going to stealth and then move forward to scout ahead about 60 feet all right you are 60 feet ahead of the party uh everyone else i'm going to go with the guess of they follow down the path okay gunther as you reach the bottom of the stairwell and follow the hallway that is there it extends about 40 feet from the end of the stairwell and you come upon a iron door i have a 28 set into a stone wall i have a 28 stealth and i have a 24 passive perception i'm gonna move up slowly and i'm gonna check for traps as i go along give me an investigation roll how often are you checking for traps every 10 feet every five feet every six inches <laughs> i'm uh, in the today uh, I have a 19 investigation. All right, you don't find any in the first five feet. Give me another one. 
That's a 17. You find none in the second five feet. You're, you're going to make eight investigation checks. <laughs> uh, 25. You're fine. Uh, 14. Oh, that's the landmine. <laughs> there is no trap. 17. <laughs> no trap. And 18. Is that seven or is that eight? Uh, that's seven. No trap. And then a 14. No trap. So you see, like, whoever can proceed Gunther, he, like, moves a couple inches, stops, pats, like, everything down, and he repeats this a very large number, like, 20 times, and then gets to the door, and then at the door, I'm going to listen against it to see if there's anything. Give me a perception check. Uh, that's a 28. 28. Listening at the doorway, you can hear... It's faint. It's at the edge of your hearing. But it's... You can almost hear like four individuals inside are just breathing. Like they're not like waiting for an attack. It's not like they're waiting right behind the door. But just, you can hear four people in there. Can I tell if they're like people, people as in humanoids or the beasts or monsters? if they're breathing it doesn't sound like beasts or monster well, it doesn't sound like beasts so monster humanoid, probably not monsters humanoids something probably not undead because you know breathing yeah <laughs> um I, I wave the party over and i hold up four fingers and i tap my ear and I make a motion like breathing in that point inside the room so now everyone is aware there are four things within the next room and while they're discussing, I'm going to visually check for uh, uh, traps on the door and where the knots locked. Give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, that is a 16. 16. It is not trapped and it is unlocked. Okay. And I delay that to the party. All right. Everyone's aware. So they're not saying anything on the other side, just breathing. That's it's very light breathing. It could almost be like maybe they're asleep. The best enemy is a sleeping enemy. We should go in. And kill them, I agree. Yep. We should go in very quietly as to not awaken them or disturb them. I'm sure they're very sleepy and they need a nap. Hode, I am so proud to hear you say that. You've come a long way. Uh, Gunther does exactly as Toad recommends and attempts to stealth into the room by quietly opening the door. Give me a stealth check to quietly open that door. Fantastic. I'm going to follow. All right. I have a 34 plus one. I have a 35 stealth check. You very quietly open the door into a well-lit room. The smell of formaldehyde and filth hangs in the air. And there are four large cots, two on either side of the room, while the back wall is covered in shelves and cabinets. Mm -hmm. These shelves and cabinets, from what you can see, are full of various bottles, vials, linen. It almost feels like a hospital room. Laying in these four bunks, four very large patients resting. You see scars across their bodies and across their faces. They are asleep, and at the foots of the beds, you see clipboards with names written upon them. I'm going to move to the one furthest from the door and read its chart. You read its chart. Its name is Adam. 
It was created within the last seven days. From what you can see, it seems that this is the most recent of these four. What's its uh, blood type and blood pressure? Blood pressure still being calculated because the, you know, blood cuff hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> very blood type, uh, blood type, various. <laughs> Ethereum. Are the rest of, uh, Mimi, give me also a stealth check as you're falling in Gunther. And Toad, a stealth check, please. Dobro, if you're going in and you're trying to be stealthy, please give me a stealth check. If not, are you bull in the china shopping it? 27. Nice. Uh, I'm going to stay outside for right now. Fair enough. <laughs> 18. 18. They do not notice the three of you come in. Well, I want to go check another one of the charts. You check another chart. As you read the chart name, the name of the creature, the name of the person within the bed is Frank. That's all it says is Frank. Blood type various, no blood pressure, created four months ago. Toad goes to look at another one of the clipboards. Her name is Eve. Blood type various, no blood pressure, created eight months ago. I go, I point to the clipboard on the created part and look at Toad and go. Toad goes right back. As you do that, Toad, the fourth one starts to stir, sitting up slightly. You all have high enough stealth that you're able to drop down and it doesn't see you. I have a better plan. Okay. So, uh, Gunther, seeing all of these enemies caught asleep and being trained professionally in this, was already pulling out a vial from his bandolier. And when he sees that one, I, I assume I notice it stirring. Yeah. Um, he's going to run up behind it and use a dose of essence of ether to poison it and put it back to sleep. Assuming, I mean, he doesn't know if it'll work or not, but uh, assuming that that uh, will work on this being. Uh, it has to be inhaled, so if I could just crack it in front of its nose, it would, it's like a reverse smelling salt. Yeah. Uh, it's a DC 15 con save. Um, because it is a poison effect. Immune to poison, it would not work. It is immune to poison. But, so as you crack it under its nose and it opens its eyes and looks at you, in an almost childlike voice, it asks you, Are you my creator? Hmm. Gunther says yes. Yes, I am. Want a deception check on that? No. It, like a child, believes you. Fantastic. Toad walks up to the creature and offers it a piece of dried mango. It accepts the mango and eats it. Let's wake him up. They might know where to go next. What if we just ask this one? I'm concerned the other ones might not be as agreeable. Okay. So if you, if you read the if you read the chart of this one, its name is Stein, and it was created a year ago. <laughs> Mimi figured it out. <laughs> I take Mimi's advice, yeah, and I very ask subtle. Stein. 
I ask Stein about the internal arrangement of this mausoleum. It points to the next door. The dark man comes and goes through there. That's where we were created, and he had us brought here afterwards. What can you tell us of this dark man, my child? He's tall. He wears robes. He said he was God. That's the lich. That's the lich. Yes, yes. I say, that is very good of you to tell me these things, but it is past your bedtime and the sun's getting really low. Sleep now. I, I kind of just gently push it back down the bed. It lays back down, nodding, falling asleep. Code gives it a little bit of a kiss on the forehead. Make a motion like we should probably get moving. Uh, yeah, Dobro will take that opportunity to try and go into the room. Yeah, you you go in. The the other three do not wake up. Dobro, I just put the kids to sleep. <laughs> I, I checked the next door for uh, mechanisms. Uh, there are no mechanisms on the next door. Then I listen at it. You hear what sounds like a thunderstorm happening on the other side of the door. The crackle of lightning, the roar of thunder, along with magical incantations and chanting. Also the screams, thousands of them, within the storm. So Gunther, having no idea how to hand signal all of that, whispers <laughs> that there appears to be thousands of storming screams of pain going off in the next room, and probably some arcane chicanery. Uh, Dobru will try and listen at the door to see if he recognizes some of that arcane language. Go for it. Um, what languages do you speak? Uh, okay, assuming it's not just regular magical incantations, uh, Dobro speaks a uh, common minotaur and celestial. Um, you do recognize the chanting. It is in celestial. It is a prayer to the god of life. To the bringer of life. Surprisingly good sign. And I will relay that to the group. So this could either mean that we have this situation all wrong or something much worse than we expected is happening. Oh, bro, my companion, I have to ask you, have we mistakenly raided a hospital again? Again? I had no part in that last time. You're right. Mimi, have we mistakenly raided a hospital again? And I thought I looked very fetching in a doctor's coat for that, for the record. You absolutely did. <laughs> I hope not. But says, this looks nothing like the last hospital. Or the one before that. I don't even remember the other hospitals, but I think we should go in. I agree. I'm going to attempt to stealth through the door. Thank you for listening to the Drunken Dragon Turtle podcast. We greatly appreciate your listening and we greatly encourage for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to it as that greatly helps us reach a further audience and also help us figure out what we're doing right and wrong, what we need to pick up some things on. Our wonderful music was created by our talented artist, Molly Elaine. 
You can find her at Molly Elaine Music underscore for Instagram or at Molly Elaine Music on TikTok. Once again, thank you very much for listening and take care. You're always welcome back here at the Drunken Dragon Turtle. 